listening to America's Web Radio. And now time for the Classic Car Show with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber. Huh? <laughs> yeah, the Brill Cream Kid's on the road. Uh, he's uh, northbounded down to go pick up his Model T in Pennsylvania. Oh, I do too, man. I, I don't even know if the uh... have the roads cleared up. Uh, I, you know, I haven't I, heard. I can't answer that. I, I don't know. I've tried to avoid all that stuff. Boy, I tell you, that's a that's a. I'm too old to take a trip like. And he's coming. He's got to be back Monday. You said Monday night. He said. Wow, wow. So, I mean, he's just basically up there, load the car, probably go to sleep and come back. Well, George is with him, his Model A friend, so they'll have a good trip. A um, couple of things. One uh, I'd like to talk about, of course, Hot Rod Magazine is one of the oldest car magazines in the uh, hobby industry however we want to put it, and it was kind of the flagship, that and motor trend of Peterson Publishing. And uh, there was a guy on Hot Rod Magazine who I used to enjoy immensely, and he used to do a cartoon character called Stroker McGurk. Old Stroker McGurk. You know, I remember that. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Well, Tom Medley was the guy. And unfortunately, uh, Tom passed away last Sunday evening. But what I'd like to do is uh, just take a minute and talk about him. Uh, I pulled the information off of HAM, H-A-M-B, the Ford site, which is also part of Jalopy Journal. And I'd like to read uh, what uh, one of the editors said of HAM, and I quote, By now you've all heard the very sad news of Hot Rod Magazine legend Tom Medley passing away Sunday evening, which was March 4th. He said, I can't begin to express what a tremendous loss this is, and it was just last summer that he saw Tom beaming next to his freshly restored 40 Ford at a good guy show. What happened a few years ago is Tom had a beautiful 40 Ford coupe. He had a fire in his garage. And it just basically cooked the car. And a group of hot rodders and hot rod business people in California restored the car for Tom. Oh, man, that's cool. Yeah. And uh, he had it there at the uh, Good Guys show. So the editor goes on to say that everybody's got a good Tom Medley story, but let me share a personal (laughs) one. On April 3rd, 2001, I met him for the first time when we invited Tom to the studio to talk about the history of hot rods. That day was many firsts for me as Tom opened my eyes to all sorts of things. He brought along bound and photocopied issues of Throttle magazine, which I had never heard of at that point. He passionately explained that an important precursor to hot rod, the Throttle was chronicling the dry lake races before the war. I still have that original bound version he gave me. Next, he casually told us of a few Hot Rod jazz songs he'd written for Scatman Crothers. (laughs) You know Scatman Crothers, David. 
Yeah. Do I? Yeah. Yes, you do. And they, the titles were uh, Hot Rod Cowboy, Saturday Night Drag Race, and Hot Rod Harry, the coolest cat in town. Is that crazy or what? Seriously. <laughs> this guy could pen great hot rod articles, take amazing hot rod pictures, draw cool hot rod cartoons, and write hot jazz music. This all sums up Tom Medley, a dyed-in-the-wool, massively talented, humble hot rodder for over eight decades that never will be re- or that will never be replaced. Godspeed, Stroker. Yeah, those cartoons were absolutely fabulous, and uh, I vaguely recall seeing a few copies of Throttle or reprints that someone has put out. Maybe it was Rodder's Journal, but he was one of the pioneers of. Uh, the magazines, and uh, you know he should be remembered. He was a great guy. Anyway, enough of that. Amelia Island is this week, and that is the big car show that is probably on the level of Pebble Beach on the East Coast on the grounds of the Ritz-Carlton down in Amelia Island, and there's now some many peripheral activities. There's uh, the Gooding Auction. And from what I hear, a few of the BMW IZs, the little cars with the front door, that yeah, yeah, yeah. they're going for thirty-five and $40,000. Oh, boy, did that get a little wrinkle out of you. <laughs> That's incredible. Did you ever have any of those in Lubbock? You know, I think... Uh, we had one or two, maybe every now and then I yeah. would see one or something. But uh, uh, no, they were not. They were not big. They, you know. And now this sounds crazy, and only people that have been there could appreciate this statement. Uh, and the statement is very easy, in that uh, there were a lot of little bitty cars. Even the Volkswagen had trouble in the wind in Lubbock. Wow. You know, I now, mean, with. And, and, you know, with Texas Tech there, I figured you'd probably have a pretty good rounding of import cars in that town because colleges seem to draw a lot of the import cars. Nah. No? No. You got more pickup trucks? Yeah. 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 Um, No, we didn't. We had a – obviously you have a few, but, uh, you know, I don't know who that son of a bitch is in that truck. Is the garbage guy still here? No, this is some clown backing up and can't back up and – Got his head up as. Uh oh. Anyway, right, so. Here we, now we're getting into. Uh, yeah, no, we won't go an, political. Anatomy. No, that's anatomy. That's anatomy. We won't, yeah. go, we won't go anatomy. Okay. But anyway, <laughs> this whoever the guy is, an, an idiot. But. Well, back to Amelia Island. Yes. Of course, tomorrow is the big car show, and they have a lot of spectacular cars coming to that, including some special museum cars from the Porsche Museum. One of them, the 909 Berg Spider. Um, they also have the actor Jackie Cooper's old Ferrari 410 Super America, and there's a bunch of show cars from Detroit. I'm not quite sure what the featured mark is. I have not been to Amelia Island since about 2007, and when I went, it was beautiful, and I'm sure it still is. And the Rob Report's got a special car show that they do off-site, I guess, at the airport. And there's always a featured discussion with famous race drivers on Saturday. And uh, last year, it was the Porsche 911 was featured because it was the 50th anniversary of it. 
I'm not sure who's doing it this year. I haven't had a chance to follow up on it. But Amelia Island is one of those that you really need to put on your bucket list once. At least. Yeah. And the beautiful thing about it is that it's run by Bill Warner, very professional, and they donate a significant amount of money to charity. So it's basically a charity show, and it's invitational on the cars. And uh, I've got one friend that's been going for 10 years. Wow. Stays in the same bed and breakfast <laughs> and, and makes a weekend of it. And uh, oh, That's cool. Yeah, it does, it does a very nice job of it. I like to get there on Friday, wander around, and then go over where they park the trailers and look at the cars on the trailers before they bring them in in the middle of the night. For the Sunday morning opening. Plus, Fernandina Beach, which is the town near there, is very nice. Uh, nice restaurants, nice place to walk. It's uh, it's a nice attraction, and I, I guess they call that what uh, the first beach or something, or the first coast. First coast, I think, because apparently a bunch of the Spanish. Ships landed there 200 oh, years oh. before Columbus or 300 years before Leif Erikson and however that goes. I missed it. I was out having a drink. Were you? Yeah, yeah I missed all that. <laughs> well, next next year, next time they, they float in, I'll, I'll try to be there. But, okay. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I think they're floating somewhere else right now. Yeah, probably so. They're out of the picture. So that, Amelia Island, is this weekend. The other ongoing saga is the Corvette Museum. Do you know that there is now streaming video 24 hours a day of the Corvette Museum? And the last time I checked, they had gotten five cars out. Oh, the the, sinkhole. Sinkhole, yes. And one of them appears to be a bit of a pancake. (laughs) But the others are, are fairly unscathed. And uh, did, they, did they discover why the sinkhole? Why what happened? I mean, I, I don't know. Uh, what caused the sinkhole? Oh, I guess what. Yeah, I'm well, to there say. are a lot of caves in that area. You know, Kentucky's full of caves. Look at, hmm. I mean, Monmouth caves there, and that whole area around there. The amazing thing is, General Motors is going to restore those cars. Huh? They're going to have their people oh, cool. up in uh, Detroit bring them back to their original condition, which I think is wonderful. I think GM deserves... They got people still in Detroit? Yeah, uh, an, attabo- an attaboy for it. Yeah, they, they moved most of the stuff to China, I think. But uh, anyhow, there's a streaming video going on. But, you know, there's a bunch of car blogs, and everybody brings up the fact they can't see any rebar and why they didn't put any rebar in that concrete floor. Now, that's so, interesting. I, yeah. I wasn't aware of that. Yeah. Now, there's no rebar visible on the broken concrete. So I, I don't know what's going on there. Uh, and, of course, apparently some of the museum is open. I used to like to stop at the, the little lunchroom that's there. And the neat thing is the delivery center. Because the delivery center is at the museum. So if you buy a new Corvette, and and I really think, Today, if, if you're going to go out and buy a Corvette or your last car, because most of us old guys want at least one Corvette in our lifetime, <laughs> uh, pay 
the admission price to go watch it being built. That's really neat to do that. And then you take delivery at the delivery center. And the first time I stopped for lunch at the, the snack place, or lunch, it's actually it's a, it, it's a done like a 50s diner. And the food's pretty good. Uh, I just wandered back to the delivery center. And very accommodating people back there and they treated me like I was taking delivery of a car and I just wandered through and and looked at a couple of the cars they had delivered there so that would be a neat thing to do is buy a new one order it watch it built go to the delivery center take delivery of it my understanding is across the interstate from the plant in Bowling Green and the museum of course and all those facilities they're building a racetrack Excuse me. A you're driver's accused. course? Yeah. Uh, oh, it's that... time to take a break. Oh, no. You're going to break me? It's time to take a break for oh. J.C. Taylor, as a matter of fact. So, folks, we'll be back. We're going to take this infamous break, and we'll be back right after this. Are you into classic cars? Do you own a classic car? If so, you need to know J.C. Taylor Insurance, the absolute best place in the country for classic car insurance. They own classic cars, they support the industry, and have the best prices bar none. Go to jctaylor.com, get a quote, and tell them you heard about them on Radio Sandy Springs. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. You're listening to America's Webradio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And well, we're back. We are. You're darn right, and thank you, J.C. Taylor. Um, what is it? Steve's dad's been started insuring with him right back in the World 40s. War, yeah, yeah, World War II, yeah. and he started in the classic you know, antique car business. So anyway, we're talking about the Corvette Center, and they're building a racetrack and a driver's school and everything across the road. So, you know, you were talking about every old man like us wants a Corvette or whatever. I, I must say, I did. Well, I still would like one, not a new one. I, I would like to go back to the, probably the late fifties, maybe early sixties. Solid axle. Uh, and. Uh, but the other problem would be uh, getting in and out of that sucker at this point. Uh, it's like I, there's nothing in the world I would want more than my Austin Healey back. But uh, I might just have to have it and look at it, you know. I don't know that I can. Or, or just sleep in it and get a pillow attached. And, yeah, uh, I, 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 I agree with you. Um, I'm, I'm going to digress for a minute, but I want to go back to Corvette for a second well, after I digress. Years ago, I 
came real close to buying a Porsche 904 and went to look at it, drove it, said I'd take it. Problem was, it didn't have a windshield. It had a piece of a, a plexiglass in it because the windshield was broken, and you couldn't get a windshield at the time. No. And I called the guy back and said, and, and backed out of the deal, which was dumb on my part, but, hey, that happens. So I'm at Willow Springs probably, I'm going to say, seven, eight years ago. And there's a guy that builds replica 904s named Beck. In fact, he's here now in Atlanta. He used to be in Southern California, and he builds replica 904s. And he had one there. And I walked up to him, introduced myself, and and said, would you mind if I sat in this car? I said, I came very close to buying one a few years ago, or many years ago. And uh, he said, no, go ahead. Well, David... Couldn't get out of it. <laughs> I, I, I wormed my way in. And I remember looking at the one in Chicago back in the 60s and just jumped in and out of it. And uh, I had to get out of my hands and knees and crawl. <laughs> it was just amazing. So I hear what you're saying. I can get in and out of my uh, my good friend's 65 uh, Stingray. I don't have any problem with that. So, huh. well, that's good. Yeah, but it's amazing. You're absolutely right. You hit the nail on the head. So anyway, now that the C7 is out and the demand is high and everybody wants one, General Motors has raised the price two thousand dollars on both the coupe and the convertible. Wow! In addition to that, <laughs> since everybody wants the Z51 package. They bumped that up about $4,000. So now you can be a proud owner for? About another six grand, probably about 58 to start with, and then whatever they add on the package for the uh, Z51. Still, it's a bargain. I mean, Steve and I have both said that. And, uh, I mean, they don't break. They don't. Yeah. They don't yeah. break. So you got to give GM credit for it, but then of course <laughs> you got an extra. Yeah. You got an extra sixty grand hanging around. No, well, you, know? you might call the landlady and see if she's got it, but I don't. <laughs> the uh, you know the car is such a neat car anyway, and the, the key to it now is go find a dealer that's got one in, in inventory that hasn't sold it. Yeah, and then maybe you can get it at the old price, which means you can't go to the plant and watch it being built and take delivery of it. But hey, you got to balance it out either way. The um, other thing, let's talk about for one second, one of our favorite topics of discussion on the air has been alcohol in the gasoline. Yeah. Well, it's about time corn, for Corn in the gasoline. Yeah. Uh to go out and start their lawnmower and their weed whacker and their leaf blower and their chainsaw and start their spring cleanup. <laughs> I sincerely hope everyone had put a fuel additive in during the winter. Well, I, you know. Or they've drained the, all the fuel yeah. out of it, so. Yeah, you know, this, uh, I think it's all a crime, but. I do, too. Uh, I don't, they don't 
call me and ask me my opinion often. So, um, more like never, but, uh, I really just, I, there's no good to it. And I, we still haven't seen it. I'm not nope. going to see it. Nope. And here, here's the other problem is the pre 2000 cars are going to have more and more corrosive issues yeah. and fuel system issues. So, which brings me to the next discussion. The other night, bored to death in the hotel room because television's gotten so bad anymore. <laughs> I thought, you know what? I haven't been through Hemmings, the regular Hemmings magazine, the Motor News, page by page in a long time, probably 30 years. Wow. So I go in. And they've changed the format a little bit, but they still have a section called services. And I fell in love with it (laughs) because you can pretty much sublet anything complex, whether it be brakes relined. Remember we were talking about brake drums last week or or wheel cylinders sleeved, stainless steel brake equipment, that kind of thing. Power brake boosters, brake proportioning valves. It's all in here. The, and, and, and it all appears to be good companies because Hemmings won't let the bad ones, if they get enough complaints, advertise in here. They, they screen their, their people. But, I mean, the carburetors, there's another. And we all know with ethanol fuel, carburetors are just between the accelerator pump diaphragm and the gaskets. And anything that's brass or zinc, they're going to have some corrosive issues with them in the future. So, but it's all in Hemmings. It's beautiful. I, I mean, I love it. And they talk about chrome, and of course, chrome's a dying business just oh, because yeah. of the fact that the environmentalists have absolutely uh, made it so difficult. I don't think anybody's built a new chrome plant in the last. Hundred years, and ignitions. Of course, Steve. We, I mean, we've talked about his Cadillac and his distributor, <laughs> and and, and uh, there's guys in here that do ignitions and fuel pump rebuilding. Fuel pumps have diaphragms, and and man, it's just it it absolutely scares me to death with an old car unless you drain everything. Yeah. Or you neutralize it somehow with one of the additives, whether it's stable or, or some of the other ones that advertise. And the draining thing is, that's that's an issue unto itself. Yeah. Um, in fact, uh, there were a lot of cars that you, well, in fact, I can't remember uh, many cars that had drain plugs on their uh, gas, tanks. gas tanks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I remember that well. Um, but that went away when <laughs> when they, people started stealing the gas. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, and then I, I think when they went to a sealed fuel system to get rid of vapors. Yeah. And, of course, now a lot of the cars have blow-molded tanks, meaning they're, they're a, a plastic One or feet. an epoxy yeah. tank and not a metal tank. So although you can get replacement metal tanks, uh, for all the cars, they're advertised in the back of Hot Rod Magazine and Street Rider. They make stainless steel tanks, guy up in Illinois. Uh, I bet those are free. 
<laughs> but here's the other thing we were talking about with Steve. There, there's so many neat services available today to restore a car. And we all know how a lot of the car clubs have become very, for lack of a better word, anal about how everything's got to be done with the right hose clamp and the right serial number on the original hose, and everything has to be new old stock parts. And you got the Wonder Bar radio in your Corvette, yeah. and it's got the amplifier over here with all the tubes on it and stuff. Well, you don't need any of that stuff on the radio anymore, and there are guys that convert AM radios to modern digital radios. It looks stock. Yeah. Steve's had this done, but it, it plays a whole lot better. Well, you know, the other thing with that is uh, stock can kill you because you can't get replacement parts. Uh, some of the old tubes. It's like when I when I started the station, I thought about going back to what I what I had uh, grown up on, and uh, you know, yeah, you could still get it. Some of it you had to have repaired. Some of it, uh, like I said, getting the tubes and and it was more costly keeping it up than. Uh, our, our system of doing things today, if it breaks, you throw it out and buy a new one. I ran into a guy that collects vintage hi-fi equipment Yeah, with tubes. I'm talking the old Morant stuff, turntables, I think they're garage he's got. And uh, I was talking to him, and, of course, when I was a kid, I built a 12-watt Amplifier, Heathkit, Heathkit, and I. I still have my AM tuner. I don't know where my amp went, but I have my AM tuner, and I, I built that. I built an ignition analyzer, and it had a little round CRT, a cathode ray tube. Yeah. And uh, what else did I build? I, there, and they had a computer, goofy little thing. Yeah. Of course, my dad said, "Are you sure you want to build that?" And I said, "Well, I don't know." He said, well, are you going to use it? I said, no. He said, then you're not going to build it. So. <laughs> but it, it, it's it's amazing when you go into Hemmings and you talk about speedometers and, and shock absorbers, Hudaye and, and Delco, mm-hmm. there, there's rebuilding services. And, and Steve was talking about electrical. Apparently there's Marietta Electrical that has been in business since they discovered electricity. And... You can go in and get everything taken care of. Steering wheels recast. Uh, it just absolutely blew me away. Wiring harnesses. We talked about Y and Zs at one time, and they were the Porsche gurus for 356 wiring harnesses. Well, now they're making wiring harnesses for cars and trucks from the 1900s to the mid-'70s, duplicates of the originals. Wow. And and we did a feature discussion on them on 356 Porsches because the Porsche uh, 356 registry had featured them at one time. So there's a lot of things in Hemmings, and it's worth buying one copy just, just to take a look at everything. And, of course, there's a few hot rodders that uh, advertise in there, and, and there's one hot rod shop that uh, is a favorite of mine, and that's H&H Flatheads out in Placentia, California, because they've done such a great job with rebuilding Ford Flatheads. And 
a lot of these restorations, whether they're a hot rod or they an AACA restored car, they all have to have the flathead in them. And it's really kind of neat. Are you going to break me again? It's time for the break. We'll be back Uh-oh. right after this. Here we go. Solution providers, are you aware of the Institute for Healthcare Consumerism's multiple marketing platforms? You're invited to get a little closer to IHC with our Solution Provider Membership Marketing Program. Through IHC's exclusive Solution Provider Membership, your business gets an all-access pass to engaging your prospects. This membership embeds your business within the Institute, which immediately aligns your company, its solutions, and your key executives with the nationally credible IHC brand and shows your support of the healthcare consumerism movement as a market-wide solution. And that's just the beginning. Contact IHC's Managing Director, Brent Macy, today at bmacy at the IHCC.com. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Are you into classic cars? Do you own a classic car? If so, you need to know J.C. Taylor Insurance, the absolute best place in the country for classic car insurance. They own classic cars, they support the industry, and have the best prices bar none. Go to JCTaylor.com, get a quote, and tell them you heard about them on Radio Sandy Springs. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Uh, interesting things with this Hemmings and Services. It got me going on, okay, if I went out and bought such and such a car, what would I do and where would I go to get things done? And, of course, remember Babbitting, where you poured Babbitt? They didn't have insert bearings, and and you poured Babbitt into the rods, and then you scraped it and dressed it until the rod fit the crankshaft? I, I... I remember only the term. Okay. Well, there is a babbitting service that's still available. Now, I know a lot of guys have converted their Model A cranks and rods to inserts, the crank especially. Well, you can still get the stuff babbitted in Strasburg, Pennsylvania. There's a company that... Babbitt Bearings Incorporated, Babbitt Bearings Incorporated, and they also rebuild Ford Flathead engines, and I'm sure they do the original restorations and the original Ford green color and things like that, not the hot rod stuff that H&H does so well. But they do total running gear registrations. So you could, in essence, ship your running gear to them, meaning transmission, engine, you could basically sublet most of your work, and you you do the disassembly and the reassembly of the major components. Hmm. Yeah, that'd be so, cool. So it's kind of neat because you and I have talked about Model A's because that's still the the thing in the hobby that you the car in the hobby that you can do, and it won't break you. Yeah, and it's and it's a fun car to drive, and there's so many books and technical seminars. And the money you save on going the Model A route, you can pay to the lawyer getting your divorce. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because you just bought a Model A, and 
Yeah, let's see. Well, that's my side of the garage. She got the house and you got the mortgage. She got the car and you got the payment book. Is yeah. that how that works? Uh, I think that's it. You're yeah. Yeah. Pretty close. Well, hey, what can I tell you? That's Steve's, the American way. Steve is blessed. He's got a wife that loves cars and is more than happy to do anything to uh, support him in that. Yeah, she still lets him in the house. And uh... and he comes home with it. I still think it's funny when he had her in the car for five hours to talk her into buying the 09 Maxwell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he did a lot of talking that day to do that, so... Anyway, the other thing I wanted to point out is our friends at J.C. Taylor do support the hobby from the standpoint that they advertise in the club magazines and also in Hemmings. So I give them a lot of credit for doing that, and I think it's great. Leaf Springs, there's another one that comes up. I mean, yeah, oh, when's yeah. the last time they made Leaf? What, they went to coils before World War II. So what? They? No, I had a car. I, no. Truck? You had a pickup truck? I had uh, that, and I had... Uh, With Leaf Springs? Yeah. Okay. All right. I almost think my 55 Chevy had Leaf Springs. Um, Prop, you know, I think Camaro's had Leaf Springs, because Steve had a traction... Camaro traction he, Master? He had a traction <laughs> bar. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, the Traction Master was the manufacturer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and his Camaro is one of those oddball Copo cars, you know, central office production order cars. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I don't think you know. I, it must I'm, be, yeah. But but they but some cars went to Coil Springs about the time of the war, or maybe right after the war. Maybe on the front suspension and the rear suspension was Leaf. Yeah, and you know. Uh, MGTDs had leaves in the rear. Because we used to take a leaf out, or we'd put a lowering block in and lower the back end and heat the coils. Well, yeah. What was, yeah, yeah. In the front. Uh, and Fords were that and, way. And we'd, we'd also, we'd take the coils and uh, put the straps on them. Yeah. Squeeze them. Squeeze them down. Yeah. Or you'd go down to the local guy that wore that goofy grease hat, and he had his old <laughs> greasy coveralls on, and he'd strike the torch up and heat the coils till the car dropped. <laughs> Uh, oh, oh man. yeah, but you know, and I'm almost thinking. Oh man, this Uh-oh. is really hurting. Oh, I'm uh, sorry. I I didn't mean to hurt you this morning. Um, um, wasn't there, wasn't there a time that we had both the, we had a leaf and a coil on the rear end? Not that I remember, but you could be right. It seemed like I, I always the the coil on the front end and the the leaf the, uh, on the back. And I don't leaf think on the back, but the, why would you have two springs on the rear? I you know well, maybe one of our listeners will send you I an email. I can't remember, but it almost seems like I, uh, I unless they were overload springs. Yeah, and then I then we had you had the shock absorber through the spring. Yeah, and then you had air shocks. Yeah. What was that? Airlift? Air? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. If you had the heavy load and, the, yeah, and all the liquor in the trunk. You'd yeah, the, yeah. Well, well, I when I hauled the race car with the Oldsmobile station wagon, I had airlifts in the rear. Yeah, and we'd you know bring it back up to level because you and you tried to keep the tongue weight 
as low as possible, but you still, with those things, with the, I don't think they'd invented trailer towing packages then for no. regular cars. Golly, so. I've, I've shot my uh, you all right? My electricity today. <laughs> Thank you. Trying to remember. We, we overloaded the brain, huh? Oh, it, it's just there were things back then, and you de-arched the springs, to, or you'd take a leaf out to get yeah. Get it down low. And then, you know, besides the clamp on the springs itself, there and, and this is why I go back to the leaf thing, not only taking a leaf out, but uh, didn't wasn't there a time that we plugged the leaves or something like you'd you'd put something between the leaves and I don't, I'm not sure. Well, you used to do that if they squeaked. Yeah, but I I, I don't. I can't remember. Yeah, I, oh, I don't know. But there used oh, that to be was embarrassing when you're the leaf springs were squeaking. Yeah, yeah. But there used to be shops at the time. That specialized in leaf springs, and oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. who knows where they are now. <laughs> so there, I'm sure there's a few. If you look in Hemmings, and you'll find it. It's just like carburetors, and, and you know there's SU carburetors, and the expert is Joe Curto. There's Weber carburetors, and there's a couple of experts in those. There's a guy down in Tampa, Florida, and there's a Gordon Raymond up in Chicago, and they make them like new. And they also do modifications to them if there's an issue in the idle circuit or something like that. Oh. You know, it goes back to like we were talking last week with Steve and stuff. And I, I guess I'm fascinated to a, to a point or a degree, and don't have the time to check into it. But you you wonder about the evolution and who's sitting there saying I can do something. You know, and really, instead of having leaf springs, we ought to have coil springs on all four wheels. Or, yeah. Or we ought to try this as opposed to that, and you wonder. I, I'm, the evolution to me is the. Well, we is talked about that last week yeah. from from a brake on the drive shaft to rear yeah. wheel brakes to four wheel brakes, uh, mechanical, and then four wheel drum hydraulics, and then disc in the front, and then four wheel disc, and I mean brakes today are incredible compared to what they used to oh, be. Oh yeah, and I'm not sure how they work yet. Yeah. How does that little bitty disc <laughs> yeah, well, stop that sucker? Well, there's a thing that squeezes yeah. it. <laughs> but, so you know. it's uh, – and that starter motor. Yeah. That was, what, 1916? I think it was Kettering that that, that did the starter motor. And, uh, that I mean, that, that changed everything. Put a, put a lot of uh, orthopedic wrist surgeons out of business. Yeah, like and coolant recovery systems. So you didn't yeah. have to go out and add water because if it got too hot, you went into the overflow tank now, and it goes back in. It's a sealed cooling system. you got a sealed fuel system. I mean, it's amazing. And everything's controlled electronically now. So you got higher compression, more horsepower, and with all the management systems. And who figured all that stuff out? Well, engineers. You know, uh, yeah, and you know what's interesting, too? Obviously, today, they can almost test drive it on the in their computer before it ever goes out well, the door. Yeah, CAD and, systems uh, today, and, and, and they can develop the parts on CAD, and, and they, they don't need all the tooling as yeah, much anymore. But, yeah. but there was a time, even as early as 40 years ago, the 60s and 
yeah. and stuff that uh, you didn't have all those CAD no. systems. And, and everything, it's a lot safer today. Yeah. Cars are safer. So it's, uh, boy, have we gotten off philosophically, haven't we? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it, it, it was like Steve's remarks uh, last week about the electric car. I, I was I was sort of... Uh, amazed at what he was saying and yet have you seen that cadillac ad which one um made in america cadillac type no that's, i have and it's all electric oh the cadillac the elr yeah yeah and, no i haven't uh, seen the ad oh the guy it's uh oh it's causing a lot of fury is it a lot of problems and that well wait a minute wasn't plymouth the fury <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh this the cadillac ad today is causing the problem in that uh you know uh, i've worked my tail off i can afford to buy what i want to buy and that's what america's all about is yeah buying what you want to buy and supporting right. america yada da, 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 da. and this has caused all the huggers and yet the guy oh the wealth un- distributors yeah yeah and the guy goes and unplugs his new cadillac and you know <laughs> I love it. Yeah, and and, and it's causing uh, yeah all the wealth distributors and all uh, these other well, jerks. Well, it, it, it's absolutely amazing, and I've got to give credit to the Nissan dealer in East Cobb or wherever he is in Fulton. I every time I look up, there's a leaf going by. I have yet yeah. to ever see a Mitsubishi electric car on the road. I've seen some in some showrooms, but. The Leaf, my gosh, they're all over the place over here in Atlanta and East Cobb County. So it's amazing. I must say I don't like them in the, in the grocery store parking lot. As you're walking by, one of these things starts biking over you. I guess they had to put on beeper signals too, didn't they? Uh, uh, I don't think so yet, except I think those sold maybe in New York City. Because I mean, it's a, and I'm kidding, sort of, but not really. Yeah, All of a sudden, the, you're walking by, and this car is. Then they need to start putting them in soccer moms' cars because oh, certainly. Yeah. I happened to go into Chick Fil A yesterday, <laughs> and it was the Breeders' Cup day. There was one mother for three kids under five, and there were ten of these mothers. So you know how many kids. And I went out, and one of them had both doors open on her big, huge new Honda Odyssey, and she was yeah. stuffing them in there, and I was just waiting for scratches down the side of my car. Anyway, off my soapbox, but Chick-fil-A is selling fish sandwiches for Lent. Huh. And they are exquisite. Huh. I kid you not. They're actual fillets, and the bun is... Great. Now, McDonald's sells a processed fish patty with cheese and some goopy tartar sauce. Well, Chick-fil-A sells it, and you put your own tartar sauce on well, it. So. thanks for telling someone that can't eat any fried food. So, but anyway, that's all right, folks. We'll be back <laughs> right after this. Are you into classic cars? Do you own a classic car? If so, you need to know J.C. Taylor Insurance, the absolute best place in the country for classic car insurance. They own classic cars, they support the industry, and have the best prices bar none. Go to jctaylor.com, get a quote, and tell them you heard about them on Radio Sandy Springs. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? 
All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And we're back on the Classic Car Show. If I, uh, you know, I think my uh, brains have been scrambled a little bit with that beeping in the background. and Distracted. Uh, distracted, yes. Uh, maybe I'm abstracted, too. I don't know. But anyway. Well, it's um, better than subtracted. That's true. Right. And uh, we're certainly glad. we got a, uh, if everything works out, a surprise coming up next week. I show? hope so. Uh, it, it, will they call in, or are they going to yeah, come by and visit no, the I studio? Calling in, I believe. I don't yeah. know. Well, um, I, I, you know, I, well, all the deedles haven't been worked out yet. Yeah, but what would be nice is they explain how they test and determine. Yeah, because that that would be an eye opener to the public. It uh, it should be a very interesting show, and, and uh, they've contacted a lot of people. I had one of the other hosts say. Uh, here, send me an email. Here's something yeah. for your car guys. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, they, I, I mean, they've done a lot of bad in the past, but they they're doing a lot of good now. And uh, the 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 thing is that tickles me is the one I'm driving. They gave an award to. So that kind of flattering. Well, certainly. Yes. Um, Anyway, we've kind of talked about services today, and uh, we've talked about a lot of things except maintenance, and it's time to start telling everybody if the winter ever leaves up north that uh, maybe it's time after your car has taken such a beating this winter or your truck, it's probably time to um, at least get the oil changed, check your tires again, check your brakes again, check your belts again for summer. And I don't know about anybody else, but uh, usually in the spring when I do the lube oil and filter, I also look at the fuel filter and the air cleaner and things like that. And there's a cabin filter, a HEPA filter, usually in the HVAC system in most cars today. And you may want to change that. I've got a fr- I've got two friends. I know that seems like a lot, David. That's one but, more than I got. Yeah. One of them's got a big Chevy pickup, full-size, 195,000 miles on it. My other friend's got a 4x4 Chevy crew cab pickup. They both drive them for work, and this one's got 113,000 miles on it, and they religiously change their oil and use Mobile One every 7,500 miles. 
and filter too. And uh, that's a pretty good uh, yeah, testimony. Yeah, and and uh, they do their maintenance. They check their tire pressures. My good friend Mike with this one with one hundred thirteen thousand. His last one he put two hundred eighty five thousand on. So you know he knows what he's doing. And Mike, uh, Mike takes excellent care of his vehicles, washes them every week, and they last. And he puts a lot of road miles on. He does a lot of traveling, and uh, he's been in the business his whole life. In fact, we were we were talking one day back in the seventies, and uh, manufacturers have what they call obsolete parts. If if they don't sell a lot of them and they sit on the shelf for three or four years, they pretty much want to clean the warehouse out. And that's what dealers do every year is a parts return or a parts scrap, and a lot of stuff goes in the dumpster or gets crushed, and and it's a tax advantage and things, but. Apparently, GM had some LT1 crate motors. Now, we all know what LT1 meant. That was the high-performance one. And I guess Mike was working in a dealership, and they offered him these engines instead of scrapping them. And Mike bought 155 crate motors for the dealership he was working at. Can you imagine today... What finding a hundred and fifty-five new Chevy crate motors would be—that would be like winning the lottery, as far as I'm concerned. So, food for thought. Going back to maintenance, especially when this winter's over, and of course, a lot of you up north switch from what I call all-season radial tires into winter tires. Good winter tires on separate rims, and uh, it's a good idea. Um, check your car over, and if it's in need need of a service, cars will last a lot longer if you do basic maintenance on them. And by basic maintenance, I'm talking about replacing the filters, changing the engine oil, and obviously filter. And some people will want to flush cooling systems because they've probably been running the coolant for two or three years. And the winter's hard, very hard on a vehicle. So tires, that's the other thing. Check your tires, if especially if you run all season, all year, and make sure there's been no damage to them. It's pothole heaven today, just bus tires. You know, I, uh, you brought up an interesting thing. I, I'm... I never have really. I've put a set of tires on, and that's what I, you know, spring, autumn, yeah, whenever. But I guess up north, they they were accustomed to having two sets of wheels, and exactly, and, uh, they still do. You know. Canadians, especially. Huh. I, I see them coming down from the snowbirds coming down from the north, and they've got steel wheels and no hubcaps, and you know they're their winter tires. Yeah. And if you go to Canada, you see that in the summer they've got their alloy rims. And they're all season tires on. So, now my daughter lives up in in upstate New York, and of course they get a gazillion feet of snow a year, not inches, but feet. Yeah, they're they're like over a hundred and something already, yeah. hundred ninety some. Anyway, my point is, she runs the same wheels and tires year round. Hmm. Because she lives in the city, and the city's plowed. Yeah. But had she lived in the country, we probably would have gotten her. Four of these great new snow tires that uh, Continental or 
Bridgestone or one of them, Yokohama cells that work very well. Uh, just a whole different side note, David. Remember the C6 Corvette when they first came out? Yeah. Well, GM had a bunch of development mules. Now, by mules, I mean they swapped engines, they tried accessory packages, but they had like maybe 10 or 12 mules in the fleet, and they did a lot of different testing. Some of them they took to Germany to the Nürburgring and ran with different suspension systems and shocks and things like that. Well, one of these mules was given to Car and Driver magazine after they'd probably put 100,000-plus miles on it. And one of the uh, editors, John Phillips, and another guy took it to the North Pole in the winter. Wow. <laughs> and they built literally a tube-frame rooftop rack that they put a couple of extra tires in. You remember the old jerry cans for fuel? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, World War Two. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, they had a couple jerry cans for fuel. And, of course, when you get up there in that cold climate, and they also raised the car up about an inch and a half to two inches. And they drove that thing all the way to the North Pole and back and wrote a great article about it. And, it, I mean, it was nothing fancy. It was just an old mule prototype. Well, I got to thinking about the Corvette Museum the other day, and that car is in the Corvette Museum complete with all the racks and, and the tires and everything on the roof. The versatility of that car, and I'm not sitting here trying to sell people Corvettes today, but it's kind of neat what you can do with a car. Now, personally, I'd rather take an Audi Q5 to the North Pole or, or, or <laughs> a, a Jeep Rubicon, something like that. But it's just it's kind of interesting, those kinds of things that come up, especially with the car magazines, although... Car magazines are having some real problems because of the internet so much. Yeah. they're oh, dying yeah. off. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, you know, at at some point, the uh, and probably already the '60s and '70s, '50s, '60s, maybe '70s, auto magazines uh, that are in good shape will bring a, a ton of money. Who knows? Yeah. Don't know. Yeah, um, all mine got. <laughs> Tossed. If a uh, comic can, then why can't it? Yes. You know. Yeah. Well, plus the historical data that's in some of those that might prove some credibility to a certain sure. car in the lineage because that seems that's to be the big thing. Point, thing yeah. that now in selling dirty cars, barn finds, patina. Yeah. Don't wash it. It gets more money. 300 SL going. There were two of them. One a restored one side by side at an auction recently. And they both went for about the same amount of money, a million and a half bucks. And the other one was wore up. Mm. And they've, they've sold a couple of 12-cylinder Ferraris. Oh, no, don't wash it. Leave it just like that. We're going to – that's crazy. You never know. I know. Supply and demand. I know. I know. Um, do we think the Brill Cream Kit will be in next week? As far as I know, he will, yeah. Okay, I, well, I he'll he probably will. have some interesting stories towing a trailer all the way to Pennsylvania empty and then back. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, he was supposed to be here today. Or, he, yeah. Yeah, but he's not here. Yeah. Hopefully next. And then next week you were supposed to be out. And so, I'm in. I'm not going in, to spring yeah. training. Yeah. So it keeps me. You all just try to confuse me. That's 
That's well, we like to do that, but that's why emails are so good. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Except when he called me yesterday morning and said he wasn't coming in today, I thought, oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've made it through another day. It's almost time to put the plug in the jug. That's it, folks. Uh, we thank you for listening to America's Web Radio, the classic car show. Mr. Jim Weber coming in. We do appreciate it, and we'll see you next week.